the creed of a credulous person this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org read by larry wilson the creed of a credulous person by g k chesterton an example of the truth of fairy tales i have not heard as much as i ought to have heard of a beautiful set of fairy tales called the magic city they are written by miss netta Surrett and published by lawrence and bullen there are other fairy tales in the volume but this particular series differs from all the rest as a thing of imagination differs from a thing of ingenuity it turns upon the idea of children in a radiant ignorance misunderstanding the names of various places in the heart of london in taking them literally they take them poetically thus they suppose that token house yard means a place stored with the symbols of memory and that child's hill means a turbulent mountain of babies in the best of all stories full of the most exquisite realization of the identity of mysticism and humor the story called paternoster row the child asks her father where he is going and he answers to paternoster row for my sins and out of the conjunction of the word sins and the great word paternoster the child gives birth to a sombre yet comforting vision of monks passing in continual procession along a cloister saying the lord's prayer for the sins of mankind now in a fairy tale like this people may take all sorts of different views some people i believe are worried about whether they ought to teach children anything so fictitious others while admitting the fiction and its danger think that such inventions improve the imagination but i am in a rather peculiar difficulty for the truth is that i believe much more in the actual existence of the child's paternoster row than i do in that paternoster row in which the father professed belief he an isolated uncorroborated man of business who is also by the way a character in a fairy tale said he was going to paternoster row was he he may have been going to play baccarat at the club of his movements i am uncertain but that there is somewhere in the universe a great communion of saints praying for the sins of the gentlemen who play baccarat at the club i am far more certain i am entirely on the side of the children i think they are not merely more poetic and amusing but more practically correct it is not the children who are dreamy or stupid because they think the name of paternoster row more important than the fact about it the name of it is more important than the fact about it the fact only means paper warehouses and banana skins and the late mr kinsett's shop the name of it means the sublimest of all ideas of the sublimest of all religions the name was true centuries before the fact and will be centuries afterwards that is my trouble i know that the children are right there is one disadvantage which is involved in the very nature of education that is that we have to assume that grown-up people are representative we have even to go the length of assuming grown-up people are sane while we talk about encouraging health in children and discouraging morbidity when we talk of such and such a child being abnormal or interesting or neurotic or a genius we are all the time taking for granted that we ourselves have attained to what is profitable 
and eternal in human nature but there is at least something that may reasonably be said upon the other side it may at least very plausibly be maintained that it is children who are age after age sane and reliable and grown-up people who are age after age more or less fantastic and disconcerting the great majority of grown-up people in any age will be in all probability slightly insane for since no human philosophy is perfect and since every human philosophy naturally treats itself as if it were perfect the chances are in every generation that the majority of educated people will be ecstatically certain of something that is quite untrue children on the other hand it might be maintained represent the actual primary and untouched human nature whatever agrees with that is sane whatever disagrees with it is eccentric children are always children or to limit the matter with more precision babies at any rate are always babies but few will be so paradoxical as to maintain that men are always men or women always women the mother always has to do with an infant but it does not always happen that the infant has to do with a mother sometimes the infant has to compose his intellect to endure the vagaries not of a mother but of a protestant or a socialist or a buddhist or an artist or an educationist or a person with a theory or a person with a grievance or a person with a temperament whatever the parent is it is a million to one that he or she is not what the baby is a normal and impartial human being grass is grass everywhere because it does not grow more than a foot above the soil but the great trees are tossed and twisted by successive storms until they have every frantic shape in the sketch-book of gustave dore until they look like griffins and octopi dragons and devils the respective destinies of the infantile and the adult are not unlike those under which the weak grass is always healthy while the strong trees go mad for while children remain an immortal testimony to the constant quality of humanity their grave fathers and mothers are century after century blown about by every wind of doctrine it would be very easy to give instances of this possible rightness in children and this possible wrongness in all their pastors and masters for example we may happen to complain that a child is morbid because he is frightened of devils does not like to be left alone in the dark or is full of any way of the sense of an evil occultism now of course it may be true that the child is morbidly exceptional because he is afraid of devils but on the other hand it is also possible that we the grown-ups are morbidly exceptional because we are not afraid of devils that is to say it is quite a discussable contention that this fear of darkness and the things which have been said to dwell in it is a normal recurrent human passion a passion which can only be driven out of life to return by another entry which can only be smashed by voltaire to reappear in matterlink and if that is true i do not say it is true i only say it is tenable it is quite possible that the child who screams at a shadow is a healthy and representative human being while the mother who comforts him and the doctor who explains his fears are a couple of quite singular neurotics the by-products of a subtle civilization the only question is whether this fear of the unknown is a natural human attitude or again we may say that our boys are far too violent 
it does not occur to us to ask whether we are far too sensitive we say they make too much noise we never cast a conjecture on the matter of whether we require too much silence we say that boys fight and we assume that they are very wrong to fight they may be very wrong to fight but again we may be very wrong not to fight it is again quite possible that they represent the normal it may be that fighting is brutal and therefore inhuman but on the other hand it may be that fighting is human and in that case a vast part of our civilization is inhuman and peace is of all things the most inhuman in the same way i venture to suggest a doubt a doubt which i will develop in a further article but a doubt which has with me become a cold certainty i am quite certain that all good fairy tales are true end of section one